0: Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care, Christian Counseling Ministry with Karen Barnett. And uh, it doesn't sound like anybody that our listeners might be familiar with. I was going to say it could be a bit of a an alias, but that would sort of presuppose that it all comes back to who I really am. What was that program, What's My Line, or whatever yeah. it was yeah. that they blindfolded the uh, actual contestants, or maybe it was the contestant would come in, and then the, the judges would actually be blindfolded, and they couldn't see the face of the person, but they could hear the person's voice. It's kind of like that. They could hear my voice. I think they probably by this point figured out who I am. Rather than an alias, it could be an alien <laughs> if you're inclined to believe such things. But it's Carolyn Barnett and yours truly, Dave Clay, who's recovering from his first case of laryngitis.
1: Maybe that's a sign you're
0: talking too much. <laughs> it could be, Carolyn. <laughs> but I'm if kidding, I'm if kidding. I didn't say it, it'd be left to you to say it. And if you didn't say it, then I'm sure Jesus I would put somebody in a position to say it, but we're there, why not say it, right?
1: Now you have that gravelly Sam Elliott voice. You can it's take unique. advantage of it. Yeah, there you yes, go. Yes, it's
0: unique. <laughs> maybe I can work this a little bit. be a little bit, I'm already theatrical or dramatic, but maybe I can work you? this a little bit too. Our great advantage. Carolyn. Yes. Would you... Explain to our listeners what it is to reach closure within a counseling context. I'll I'll keep it pretty generic.
1: Well, I like to think that acceptance has to be present for there to be closure. So... Hopefully the person has a sense of, usually there's a sense of relief or peace or some kind of um, their goal, I guess you would call it, has been attained in you know what they were looking for. So for different people, closure looks like different things. In the counseling context, um, if we're working, say, on a personal, Goal, then you know there's a level of, I guess you would call it achievement, but they feel at peace about that in that there's some type of resolution that's happened. And like I said, that looks different for each person, so I can't say, you know, like that means everything's fine. No, that doesn't mean everything's fine, but I think that's where the acceptance comes in. Because, say, somebody passed away, say they're dealing with a death and you're doing grief counseling the person that dies is not coming back, you know? So we can't close it that way, but they can reach some level of acceptance. So I feel like that's a big part of closure.
0: And and as much as closure is attached to anything, Mm -hmm. it is the end stage of a process. Uh, It isn't necessarily just an end though, because some would say therein is then the beginning once Mm -hmm. you get to closure. Uh, It's kind of, again, putting everything, as you've been saying, to a place of some acceptance. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to use the word reconciliation here in a moment, uh, within a biblical context even. Mm -hmm. But as best my estimation, grief is probably, particularly when it comes to loss and mourning, something we all commonly are aware of or recognize. But what I don't think many recognize is that grief and their enclosure at the end of a grieving process, Mm -hmm. it's a last stage, final stage, is probably a universal template for dealing with anything. (laughs) As much anything dead could represent potential loss. Right. And really, when it comes to mortality, everything is about loss. Now, you know, again, we see it in... Biblical context of mortality is the word itself death, right. but just therein closure right. is the beginning, not necessarily the ending, but it's ending of something. Mm-hmm. But we know, in terms of our carnality, everything is dying, mm-hmm. and so this messaging of death, if we go too much toward it, or if we just remain in some measure of, I guess, emotional thinking. Mm-hmm we're probably not going to be able to think of it as, I'm going to hopefully communicate on the podcast today if my voice holds out, that we use terms like death, Mm -hmm. that's applied to mourning, which again, most of us made that association, but death doesn't have to mean anything but new life. And it doesn't even have to be attached to a physical death of a person, it can be attached to all loss. Now, I don't know that the Bible would lose any of its power or its message if we change that to the great fear is the fear of loss. But if I look at you and say, you know, Carolyn, what your problem is is that you, one are afraid of loss, and two, you don't recognize the stages, you don't recognize this, you don't recognize the stages that get you to a point of accepting your losses, and then with that, how to learn from them so that you can then be born again, start over, Mm -hmm. get a second chance, Mm -hmm. a do-over, that's the way to say it. Because if I say it that way, it really doesn't have the impact as it does when I say, but Carolyn, one day you're gonna die. And you better get used to that fact and learn how to accept it now and live your life not according to the fact that you're going to die, mortality, but the fact that every day is a chance to discover better how to, when you face the ultimate of human loss, Mm -hmm. death, Mm -hmm. you will be resurrected. You can't overcome. And not get caught up in all the emotional thinking that otherwise within that the mortality, the death of you, mm-hmm. physically and psychologically, it could be either you're going to quit, mm-hmm. you're going to get scared, you're going to run for the hills, as they used to say.
1: Mm-hmm. And that I have found that to be true. What you just said, <clears throat> because I've got to get my chair Sorry. <laughs> um, when I had my gastric bypass surgery. <laughs> and then they say, "Oh, you you're gonna um, you're gonna drink liquids, and you're not gonna have food, and and then you know you go through these stages, and you have clear liquids, and then you go to full liquids like Jello, and then you go to like soft foods, and then you go to regular food." But I never thought I would go through a grieving process <laughs> over food. And I found myself. I mean, the whole stages. Seriously. Like, I told somebody that, you know, I was kind of mourning, like, that life. Because it was real to me. And, you know, what I thought was bringing me happiness and, you know, all those things was gone. And so, it's interesting. And, and like you said, I didn't fully accept that. And so I did run from it. So I, I did live through that, what you just said. But those stages, I absolutely believe, can be applied to other things. Well, why don't you just, not just
0: articulate them for the sake of our listeners? Because really they honest. may or may not be aware of the specific stages. Okay, let's
1: see. Um, denial.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there is the loss. The
1: loss that yes. happens, right. Yes. The first thing is the loss. And then, then there's um, denial and then I believe anger is next. Yes, we get mad about it after we
0: quit denying or it. Or become afraid of it, or we do a combo of the two. But mm-hmm. yes, and usually. Then, anger. so
1: we have denial, anger, then bargaining. And I'm leaving out one. What is that?
0: Well, no, I think working through or the bargaining yeah. is part of it. Mm-hmm. The next stage, try
1: to negotiate, yeah. sort
0: of. And the negotiation is there's an, there's actually some acknowledgement of the re, of the reality of the loss mm-hmm. that goes with the anger. But then we kind of then move into a stage of trying to figure it out mm-hmm. uh, and bargaining whether or not it really hurt happened or didn't happen. We're really still kind of in that kind of between denial and full acceptance. And,
1: and how can we make it better? How, mm-hmm. can we, how can this not hurt so bad? And then, um, then finally, I feel like I'm missing one before I say acceptance.
0: Well, there's a bit of a, a negotiation or mm-hmm. learning mm-hmm. once you've accepted it, get past mm-hmm. it, the bargaining aspect of it. It really, if you're able to turn off those really powerful emotions, mm-hmm. I used, I used it anger, which is a usual or typical, mm-hmm. but also said anxiety, it's, that's where the emotional thinking takes place. Yeah. You know, the fight or flight stuff takes place Mm -hmm. in that
1: stage. You're not thinking rationally.
0: But you're not. Mm -hmm. You're not going to because that's a mutually exclusive system. When you're thinking in those emotional terms, you don't have time to sit around and pontificate and Mm -hmm. think it out and sort it through. Right. And your body has to be relaxed. And so Mm the certain biochemistry, Mm -hmm. the norepinephrine and adrenaline has to be turned off. So that the neurotransmitters that help with really good, rational thinking, Mm -hmm. logical thinking, calm thinking, so that your body can do all its other stuff that's necessary for survival even at the same time, the threat has to be removed sufficient so that you can really then think about it. Mm -hmm. And then in thinking about it, that's usually where the problem solving occurs, higher cortical functions... Uh, We do all kinds of theorizing, uh, offering up hypotheses, Mm -hmm. and do the abstract thought. Critical thinking. Yeah, 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 Mm -hmm. it's critical thinking. And with that, then eventually you have to do decision making. Mm -hmm. You know, you brainstorm, which is all that, and then you have to pick a decision, make a decision, or pick a a solution, a choice on what to do. Mm -hmm. And with that, then. The negotiating, trying to figure out if it's something around you, some other reality that needs to be kind of negotiated with. Loss is not necessarily just individually. It usually is within a context of a situation, circumstance, and then that too usually some other person or entities that you have to kind of negotiate with. Right. But if you do all that well, the emotions are kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. You've worked through it. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a cleansing.
1: Yeah.
0: Removing all the contaminants that go with the immediate sort of shock Mm -hmm. the denial the shock of it Mm -hmm. uh, Then you can put that in the right place Mm -hmm. It's a memory, but it doesn't have all that So it's cleansed all that Emotion is sort of removed from it Mm -hmm. and now you're more in a okay I think I've got a better answer and let me go back out there and Right. do life and maybe I'll have to do this one again if it's death of a loved one you're going to or if it's loss in general you're going to may not be the specific one because not every loss is exactly the same right. so you can't get answers to every situation in life you'll wear yourself out but you know how to handle it mm-hmm. you know how to contend with it oh I've been there done that don't like it right. don't want to do it right. don't want to cause it mm-hmm. I don't want to make a mess of things mm-hmm but I know how to do that.
1: Yeah, and that's so important. And even when it comes to to physical loss, you know, the loss of another person, I was thinking, you know, when my dad passed away, that's really hard. And I hear people talk about, you know, when their mother passes away. And I thank God I still have my mom, but I feel a little bit more prepared, like you said, and there's a sense of, you know, I can do that. But that acceptance that comes at the end, I think the emotions have been put aside, and we've rationally come to that conclusion. Okay, I'm okay. I can get through this, and or I can accept it. And you know, maybe you don't feel like you can get through it, but you've accepted it. So, yeah, there's there's quite a bit of work to be done when you
0: go through those stages. So, you would not in the least bit be. I don't know. I want to use the word shame. That's probably not a good word. It's a good word, but it may not be the best. You would not feel at all badly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it sound like okay. right? If I were to then tell you that you have been given a ministry of reconciliation. And how do I know that? I remember, I, you were, I mentioned earlier in the podcast I was going to get back to reconciliation. Okay, this is yes. part of it. So okay we can kind of go back and pick up some of those things we were talking no, about I, when I first I agree mentioned that. with the ministry of reconciliation. I agree with and that. And so, the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.18 and all things and all things and all things and all things he didn't repeat it that many times but I think it's necessary to say and okay. all things okay. of God of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Just mess my. Well, goodness gracious.
1: Well, we know it's Talk. all things.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> Talk and so I'll I'm get, leaving out the prepositions I'll, to get the I'll main get it back up thing of
1: the verse. So all this things. This is what I get
0: for touching things.
1: <laughs> all things by God, right?
0: <laughs> who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus. I'm going to touch this screen okay. on this okay. cell phone. This is why I like the Bible in paper, but I can't sh- shuffle the papers any better. Uh, to himself, by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, of course, since the devil just had his heyday there for a moment, I'm going to go back and read this whole passage again. Yeah. And all things are of God. Who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So Carolyn, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Now, I don't know that that's within or outside of or maybe one in the same with your ministry of Christian counseling, mm-hmm. pastoral care. What would you say about that?
1: I would say um, yes to both. (laughs) And I'll explain that. I think yes, definitely within the counseling realm, reconciliation. And that's going to look different for each person. But also, as a believer, we have that ministry to... Hmm implore to encourage to point to the reconciliation between man and God. And as I was sharing with you earlier before the podcast, I was in a process of trying to do that the other day and trying to be that minister, you know, and and, and use that word that he's given me. And I felt like I was In the ministry of reconciliation, but I, the Holy Spirit has to do that job. You know, I'm not the Holy Spirit, but if I can help someone become reconciled, help point them to where the reconciliation can take place, then I'm going to do that. And I feel like I'm a minister in that way. Maybe I'm taking it out of context, but I... I feel like that's, I mean, you just read the scripture. That's what he's called us to do. Well,
0: it's the entirety of our work. And, And I think you did a fantastic job of making the case, or at least the point, that you can't separate that. It is what we do. We do that, period. But we also do that within the counseling context because there are those that can't do it for themselves. They aren't in a position where they have somebody else around them. Grief is something that is better done, problem solving, sorting things out. When you can talk to somebody else, they don't necessarily represent objectivity. But between the two of you, you've got a better chance at seeing things for what it really is out of two perspectives, a multitude of counsel than a singular one. We have Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We have the Word. All of that's available to us even if we can't talk to another person. So we have that same dimension of a multitude of counsel. But when you add to it then the dimension of family, friends, although they're probably going to be a bit more biased in matters such as these than me and you, we've got personal things in our life that we've gone through that again are unique to us but more than anything we're not going to base any counsel on something that we've gone through or our own personal experiences with reconciliation or closure we're going to talk about the process of reconciliation or closure right. but carolyn it's not just ours the apostle paul wasn't sending that letter just to me right or even the church in corinth he was sending that to anyone who otherwise is established in jesus christ mm-hmm and that God has given us that, we're tools, Mm -hmm. we're vessels. Right, to be used. Yes, Mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. And the ministry of reconciliation, you're right, is a spiritual one. Mm But at the same time, and I don't do that, the Holy Spirit does that, but at the same time, we're in a carnal dimension. And, And in that same way, when you're feeling it and you're in trouble and you've gone through a loss and you're very vulnerable and you don't know how to turn it off, you're just scared, you're angry, you need more assistance materially. In that moment or at least your orientation yes. is such toward the carnality at yes. that moment right. you're not going to your hearts your hearts going to be a bit hardened mm-hmm. or you're not going to be paying attention to we're the not Holy, thinking
1: rationally. The we're Holy not, Spirit yeah, we're not listening to that
0: so you don't smack them <laughs> it used to be it used to be at those old movies the you know cartoons with somebody's just you walked up and smacked them and that is it. Do. we don't smack them but we do say hey I'm here mm-hmm. Listen to what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. look me in the eyes. Mm -hmm. Not in a yelling sort of way. But just in that sort of get their attention. You're right, but that's how much we care. So (laughs) ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. We all have it. Mm -hmm. In the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You used a word earlier too when I asked you to explain closure. Mm that is just really powerful probably you use it because you're christian and you know the word again we don't sit around talk about things but we have common vision common dialect we do talk about jesus a lot and you know the bible and we do the podcast right use the word peace Mm. and peacemakers Mm -hmm. so here we go jesus declares peacemakers to be blessed matthew 5 Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Mm -hmm. Now, again, closure, peace. (laughs) Closure, peace. Now, I don't know if closure is only a carnal sort of concept or more general generic sort of carnal terms. Mm -hmm. Everybody's pretty acceptance of the stages of grief even if you're more uh, clinically oriented or or you're more secular, even if you're an atheist, I think it's undeniable. And with that, this kind of processing. So more generically in that secular context, most folks who do what we do for a living are gonna be quite all right with that closure
1: was Elizabeth Kubler-Ross a Christian?
0: Yes, I don't know. Yes. Well, she wrote it. <laughs> she was, I get the impression she was a Catholic nurse maybe a dud, but that's probably because we have a Catholic hospital where I live and I love those duds. I, I mean, they were nurses and nobody nursed like those duds oh, for St. Mary's Hospital. Oh, I'm telling you. So, and it's changed a bit cuz the they're gone. <laughs> the nunnery is running around though. the nunnery is gone. But the Spirit is still there. Mm-hmm. But, but what I'm trying to say, though, is, is that though we speak of it more generically as closure, Jesus speaks of it as peace. Mm-hmm. And that the ministry of reconciliation, I think, speaks to his declaration of blessed are the peacemakers. Mm-hmm. But many people would disagree with me. Many people would say to make peace, to be a peacemaker... Isn't necessarily to get into any sort of situation or circumstance where there's turbulence, or if you go there, you just look at them and say, Oh, just calm down. Just, oh no, you're way out of control right now. Oh, your emotions are way too high. Or, oh, you're just really emotional and you have no, remember you're not to be angry, but but sit up, but really that's code for don't be angry. Don't yell in the church. Don't exhort from the platform with any kind of really strong emotion. Mm. Keep your mouth shut. Just turn the other cheek. Walk away from situations. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall inherit the earth. And they shall be called the sons of God. God. I don't think that's what Jesus meant.
1: No. And that's not how he lived. We can read scriptures. where, (laughs) I mean, he... I think my first thought is when he went to overturn the tables at the temple. I mean, (laughs) and he was in, you might think this is a stretch, but in his way, he was
0: bringing about peace. Oh, he was. was, Everything about Jesus, even the passion of Christ, even the crucifixion, the cross, Mm -hmm. that's what people don't understand. I have, have, sorry, jumped in real quick, but I have to say this because it's just the right time. Yeah. That's the whole point. They want to pick and choose the parts of the Bible that best suit them and their human conception of what you say. Mm-hmm. Go tell somebody, sit down with somebody, who comes to be us, who comes to you. Mm-hmm. Tell somebody who comes to you, well, your daughter who just died is in a better place right now. And, you know, God says you really shouldn't be upset. And you should really just have faith. And, you uh-huh. know, you just need to, calm down you know notice my voice is really calming i don't smack them across the face but they're in a very turbulent place if i go in there where angels here to tread if i go into the holy of holies why would i not expect to find the fire of god and if i go in there and there is no fire we're in trouble because the fire has gone out we're in trouble Now, I don't know that I can rekindle it with my words, but I do trust the Holy Spirit does and will and can. But the same fire that destroys is the fire that cleanses, Mm -hmm. is the fire that purges is necessary for the great transformation. We can't discount the fire. We have had a podcast previously, earthquake, wind, and fire. You can't discount the earthquake, wind, and fire. And you're right. Jesus example that in every phase and aspect of his life. Mm -hmm. Now, is it out on your own, out of your own motive? out of some unfinished business in your life, you'd be an awful counselor if you counseled and didn't have your stuff together. And if you don't have all your stuff together, which, and I don't, but at least we recognize our stuff from the people come see us so that we don't contaminate them. Mm -hmm. And we trust that in the moment that we're in counseling, we're operating out of the Holy Spirit because it is His work. He is the paraclete. Yes. He is the helper. He's there whether I'm there, you're there, anybody else is there. I said that earlier. Mm-hmm. But we know God's given us a ministry of reconciliation. And it isn't to chastise somebody for being upset or right. angry. Right. Or encourage them to not make everybody else upset or angry. Mm-hmm. How many times I've heard that? Are you talking to anybody who's gone through this loss with you? This is, I'm talking to the patient or the client. I don't want to upset them. I said that's why they're there. I don't want you to upset them either, but they're there because they love you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely, and that's that's the thing. Is you know part of. <laughs> being emotionally healthy, you know, is allowing people to be where they're at, so, you know, I'll encourage them to feel those feelings, and it's almost like there's a sense of shame, like they don't want to, you know, have this righteous anger, or they don't want to seem, you know, like they're not handling it, you know, they're not um, processing it well enough, or, you know, like there's some kind of standard on how you do that, like there's a manual that tells you how to Process no. It's okay. Be angry. Have those. You know. Go through that process and feel it. Because if you shove it under the rug, then you're just back at step one. And you're just denying, and and you'll have to
0: start all over. Again. Well, you won't work through the stages. You won't. You won't you come get, to acceptance. It's called. It's called a, a, a fixation. Mm-hmm. Um, complicated bereavement. Mm-hmm. You're you're not working through the stages. Mm-hmm. You're not getting out of the anger. You're just suppressing or repressing. You're trying to, mm-hmm. again, compartmentalize it without having it cleansed, mm-hmm. without having the fire yeah. that sanctifies to cleanse it. And, and with that, it's just going to lay dormant. It's not going to go away dormant till it's reactivated. Something else in the way of loss is going to come along. And before you know it, you're stacking multiple Multiple. That's the stacking effect. You've got multiple losses now that are accumulating that you've never dealt with, and every loss opens you up to more of that, and it makes it more difficult because there is a a potentiation effect, uh, a magnification, amplification of that emotion, and then the emotional thinking. Before you know it, those folks who don't do that well have never learned. They go into panic mode. Their anxiety gets to a panic attack. Then they disassociate. They shut down. And it is tough to hold them in a moment yeah. long enough to learn. Yeah. You said something earlier about a manual, And uh, <laughs> you're right about that. It's the Bible, though, is the manual. But this passage, right, right. blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. It is like the centerpiece. Mm-hmm. If anybody, if I, I think probably anybody, were to send somebody to any place in the Bible that best captures, in such, I guess, condensed, mm-hmm. very specific, uh, pithy, mm-hmm. very straightforward sort of manner, mm-hmm. the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of Christ, it's got to be the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. Because he lines it out, mm-hmm. even better than the wisdom literature, even better than the Psalms, even better than the Proverbs, mm-hmm. blessed are, mm-hmm. and all of this stuff, I'm going to read it here in a minute, but all of this stuff has got to do with the things that we've been talking about. Before I get there, I want to remind mm-hmm. our listeners, they're listening nice. to What is Covenants, Specialized Pastoral Care, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett, mm-hmm. And the mystery host. Oh yeah, <laughs> Sam Elliott. <laughs> it's really, it's really me. It's gravelly. It's just I have you know, my gravelly voice. It's just me, but I have laryngitis or in a phase of recuperation, recovery. So, what do you think about all of this, Carolyn?
1: Well, I want to say that I do think that the Bible is our manual for life, and um, and I was referring to people want to find answers. Quickly,
0: Quick and easy ones.
1: Oh, yeah. They they just want you to give them the sticks. Give just them tell the them medicine. Do. Yeah.
0: Pres- can, do you prescribe an antidepressant? Do, do you know somebody who could give me a Xanax or a Clodipid or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah, around here we probably won't have to give and them. And it's not that those medicines aren't awful. You just can't live on them. And right, the problem is the that they problem. they insulate your emotional reactions mm-hmm. such or sufficient that you really aren't earthquake when then firing it. Mm-hmm. You're not going through any of that yeah. because you're suppressing the emotions, which doesn't do anything but more facilitation of that compartmentalization, stacking. disassociation effect.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then <laughs> they start stacking and then it becomes too overwhelming. And then that's when they come in our office because they have a giant problem instead of a small problem and they have allowed it to get to that point, which is okay. There's no shame in that. And I would say venture to say we've all done that to an extent in our lives, but that sermon, blessed are the peacemakers, you know, that is encouraging to us to bring the ministry of reconciliation, but also just within ourselves, how we, regulate our own relationship with God, because it's hard to go out and (laughs) encourage others when you don't feel like, you know, where's God in my life? So you have to have a sense of what's going on. Like you said, we, we can't put our stuff on them and we don't, but we have to know that, you know, we have this ministry of reconciliation, no matter what is going on in our life because there is going to be peace. There is peace because He's in He's in us, the Holy Spirit. The paraclete is in us, the Helper.
0: And seeing the multitudes, He went up into a mountain, and when He was set, His disciples came unto Him, and He opened His mouth and taught them, saying, uh, Every good thing in the Bible... Well, the Bible's filled full of good things. Every incredibly good thing in the Bible happened on a mountain, and whether it was a Mount of Transfiguration... Uh, whether it was Moses meeting God on the mountain, Elijah meeting God on the mountain, uh, all of this comes together in that same way, the Mount Transfiguration. Blessed, this is Jesus, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, those who do all of those other, I think it was verse 3 through 8, five verses. You don't get there, to the peacemaker part, until you do all those other things. Mm-hmm. For they shall be called the children of God. And in case, and that's like the real condensed like mm-hmm. really, really fill full of right. virtue right. sort of verses. But in case you missed it, he explains it a little bit more as he's teaching, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And what is righteousness? It's closure, being right with God. It's that mm-hmm. reconciliation portion. Mm-hmm. It didn't go the way I thought it would, God. Look, there's a loss here. You know, I saw supposed to happen. I thought it was going to go this way. Or what did I do wrong? Oh, my. I've done something. Are you mad at me, God? Because it's, God, are you really up there? I've done all this really hard work for you, and look what you do to me. And I, I say that because I've heard all that. Yeah. I say that because i felt all that. I say that probably because some of that's even gone through my mind at times, which where I'm so thankful God isn't easily insulted. Or his love for us. Should he be easily assaulted? Right. His love for us, as manifested in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. is so much more mm-hmm. that he doesn't just say, "You're gone." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteous sakes, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and sh- shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. They don't want to hear this stuff. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear what we're preaching today on the podcast. They don't want to hear that. They want to win. They want to win. They want to be at peace. Mm -hmm. But they want it on their terms. That isn't life. Mm -hmm. That isn't reality. And if it's all on your terms, it ain't on my terms. Mm -hmm. And then what gives you the right to to dictate dictate to me what those terms are going to be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can be peacemakers. But we also have to be right. But to do that in the right sort of way, you have to do it in Jesus. And you are going to go through loss. Mm-hmm. And some of it is going to be you. <laughs> You've got to compromise. You've got yeah. to change the way you think. Yeah. You're talking about your bariatric procedure, yeah. your surgery. Yeah. And you had to come to terms with, I can't be the way I used to be. Yeah. I, it's a better thing I'm not that way. Because this is the end result, but it's still a loss. I'm going to go this so further. I'll give it to you. Uh, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted the prophets which were before you. You're the salt of the earth, ministry of reconciliation. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. If we don't do this for God. If we don't do the Ezekiel thing, have a, a head that's like a rock, and <laughs> to tell people what they don't want to hear, we don't smack them. But reality smacks them. Mm-hmm. We just try to do it in as loving a gentle way as possible. But they have to hear it. Right. Is this worth good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden foot of men? You're a light or the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. Right there for everyone. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Everyone sees it. It's Jerusalem. It's the mountaintop. It's the Holy Mount. It's the city on the hill. It's the new Jerusalem coming down in the book of Revelation. Let your lights shine before men that they may see your good works. This is it. This is your good works. Ministry of reconciliation is your good works. Everything else is secondary. If you do this, all those other things will be added unto you in the right sort of way. It's in righteousness, God's righteousness. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, this is your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill we've got to bring closure and reconciliation about. We've got to prepare the world for the mechanism God uses to achieve that end, Mm -hmm. including the fire. And if you want to get into heaven, you don't get into heaven, except you go through the fire, which otherwise cleanses and purchase. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. That's the entirety of the Bible, Old and New Testament. Whosoever therefore shall break one of the least of these commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, who are a bunch of hypocrites, they go around preaching, maybe some of this stuff, but they ain't going to live it. Mm-hmm. Not for them, right. for you. Your expense, not their expense. Mm-hmm. You're expendable, they're not expendable. You shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Hmm.
1: I was actually thinking about the Pharisees on the way to work this morning. Because I heard a line in a song that said, and I've heard this saying before. You tell me if you've heard it before. He said, it was a man singing. um, Oh, I want to say it right. I can't. Let you Basically, I can't quote a word, word, I can't let you down because I wasn't the one holding you up. And somebody said that to me years ago, and I didn't quite understand what they meant. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm listening. But this morning on the way to work, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about knowledge and, and you know, the Bible and, and being full of that. And I was like, and it just came to me, like the Pharisees. No, I don't want to be like the Pharisees.
0: Well it is it is this generation that wants somebody to hold them up and mm-hmm. and and they then put Men on pedestals, and then they get really mad at them, men and women, or whatever. They get really mad, pastors, because they get really mad because, well, you didn't do any good. The losses still come. You didn't do any good because there's still wars. You didn't do any good because there's still pestilence. There's still famine. You didn't do any good because COVID's coming back. You didn't do any good because there's now the monkeypox. You didn't do any good because I can't still make a living. You didn't do any good because I can't buy this, and it goes on and on and on. I understand why they're mad at those people because they're scribes you and Pharisees. The yeah. They're scribes and Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Because they have allowed or used that to manipulate. They've created a narrative. Mm-hmm. Well, just let me take care of it all for you. Show me a parent that says that to their kid, and I'm going to show you a parent that's leading their kid to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Honor me yeah. more than you honor even yeah. God, yeah. because I'm God's ambassador. Mm-hmm. I'm the person God put over you. No, go figure that one out with God. That's a hard thing for a parent to say. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to fix it for my kid. Oh, yeah. But I learned a long time ago, if I didn't tell my kid how screwed up I was, he'd figure it out anyhow. And in the end, then he'd hate me. Right. At least now he's understanding he's going to have to forgive me because I did the best I could. Right. But I can't do it all. Right, But don't kill me. Don't come back because I never preached that sermon that I'm the one that has all the answers and you need to do what I tell you to do.
1: Well, it just came to me like the scribes and Pharisees. I, I don't normally equate myself with them and I, I didn't so much this morning, but I wasn't the one holding you up so I can't let you down. And I was like, can't I wasn't the one holding you up. What does that mean? I wasn't the one that was keeping... So my actions don't determine your... Um, decision on me, your opinion of me. So he loves us like we love our children, no matter what. But when we let him down, that's when we let him down. When we fail, we're not changing his opinion of us.
0: Well, there is no failure. I, I don't want, I'm not disagreeing yeah, yeah. with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but no, there isn't. There is no failure, except we would think in terms of letting him down and failing, which doesn't mean that there's anything bad about the way you think. And God did give us orders uh, as far as order and put certain people in positions of authority. But when it comes to really understanding it, they're just human. Mm-hmm. They're We're going to doing. let you down. Yeah. We're all just doing the best we can. But God doesn't let you down. Right, exactly. And we don't let God down because he already knows. That's why he said Jesus Christ so that we might have an answer. And we have then a ministry of reconciliation trying to tell the world, stop thinking that way. Loss is loss is loss is loss. It's not a penalty. It is just life. Right. But in every loss, there's a rebirth, a resurrection. Mm-hmm. And the good news is, even if your body can't be resurrected, once it dies, your soul never dies. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't go through any death at that level. That's a hard, difficult message in general to teach. Mm-hmm. But especially somebody's going through loss.
1: Well, and the car battery analogy—I know I've shared it several times, but I shared it with somebody the other day because it's so applicable. You know, the positive and the negative—it takes both. <laughs> I share that with them and it's like some revelation on their face. Like, you know, but, and when the person shared it with me, it was kind of a revelation to me, but why, why would it be a revelation? We all go through negativity, but we don't see it as part of the process. We don't see when you said new life. I was like, well, that's when the car starts. You can't have just a positive cable or just a negative cable. The car won't start. We have to have both.
0: And energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes shape and form matter. Neither create or destroyed, because the energy it doesn't go away. I want to say that right. Matters need to create or destroyed, Just change shape and form. Mm-hmm. The idea, though, is that there's always energy. But the idea, though, that is what creativity is. That battery looks dead, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it ain't dead. And even if it right. should be dead, it really yes. isn't dead. It just has lost its ability to hold the energy. But until you put the, make the connections, mm-hmm. that energy is not going to flow. And that's really what we're saying is loss and thinking that way disconnects us from God. Right. It alienates us from life because mm-hmm. we're running from it we're emotionally thinking about it, mm-hmm. we're not embracing it, we're not living it, right. we're counting the days, we're waiting for the next loss, we're waiting for the next bad thing to happen. And again, that sounds callous and cruel to say it's going to. There's people that live like that, David. But it's going to happen. Yeah. Tragedy comes. Right. Not right. once but repeatedly, but it's not the tragedy that we define our life by. It's the resurrection power of Jesus that we define our life by. And that's
1: the difference because people don't want to choose to look at it that way. They want to stay over here where 27 things happen to them. That's bad. And I'm just waiting for the next thing to happen. And I just, my heart breaks for those people. I mean, I have family like that, you know, and I just want to say, do you not see (laughs) your life is not just those things happening to you? It just, I don't know, my heart hurts because I know there's so much more that God wants to do for them and in them.
0: And there's scripture. My problem is I want to read it all because the Bible can say it so much better than I can. But, you know, the good Lord giveth, the good Lord taketh away. I thought about that. And, And even in what you were saying, there's just so many things that happen, but life isn't in those things. Life isn't in the material, the carnal. It's not in the matter that changes shape or form. It's in the energy. But the energy is a direct, I guess, gift from God. God is that energy. The Holy Spirit, I don't want to take away, again, that idea of the closure and then the peacemaker thing. In more carnal terms, we all agree that there's energy. Many people would discount the Holy Spirit, but for me, they're one and the same. I begin with the Holy Spirit. Right. But he is life. He is the energy of life. Uh, But I'm a Christian. I'm not an atheist. But in that, I'm going to give all glory to God. Right. Because I don't create it or destroy it. These fools... (laughs) Stuff about energy and matter, and we're gonna destroy the earth, and you know, we got all this stuff we gotta do to protect it, and you know, we gotta conserve it. And this is foolishness. Not that I should encourage anybody not to be a good steward of the gifts that God has given us, Mm -hmm. but it's gonna happen whether we do it or not. And in God's time, I don't want people to suffer, but you'll have a hard time convincing me that all this agenda environmentalist kind of cause, they call it a religion, is doing anything but hurting and killing. Go ask the people in Ukraine. Mass murder, destruction of a civilization, that's all been bought and paid for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Politically, not, right. even, not even in a Christ sort of way. I don't right. be that, re- I'm just supposed to be a, a smart like. But it's all been bought and paid for the rich keep getting richer the poor keep getting poorer and that's the way it's going to be till people begin to realize the only answer is in Jesus right and don't make your life what you are in a material sort of sense. What you are, make your life what you are in this ministry of reconciliation. Exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: Because if you stay in this, you overcome it all. Right. But if you move outside of this, it's right. not that you're going to go to hell. But if you move it too far outside of this, the further you move away from this, mm-hmm. the tougher it gets. Yeah. Because tragedies come. People get killed. Accidents happen. We've talked about that.
1: It's true. We live in a broken world where people get cancer and people die. And we have to know that the Holy Spirit is there to help us get through that. But if you don't have that... Or it's like my conversation with someone the other day. These things are going to happen. <laughs> you'll be able to get through it. If you have the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to pray. You'll be able to ask God to help you. So many things. And the Bible, like you said, says it so much better. But, you know, this, it tells us that it, this world is going to be burned up. I mean, you know, and I saw a poster. and it, said it had a picture of the earth. And it said, there is no planet B plan B for our world, basically, I guess they were saying, and I was like, there is one plan and that's his plan. Yeah, yeah.
0: And whatever it should be that he would choose to do with humanity, my personal opinion is is that that's narcissistic. Uh, I don't think humanity is going to endure eternally. I do believe whatever the new crea- creature or creation that we might be in Jesus Christ you know, it talks about we're new creatures in Christ. However God wants to redistribute his spirit, I'm part of it. Wherever he sends me, right. I'll be happy with it. Right. Whatever my new body, my resurrected right. body is, right. I'm good with that. But in the end, there's a big difference between being broken and brokenness. And brokenness is normal. We just don't yes. want people to live yes. a life where they believe they're broken. Yes. The only thing that breaks them is if they don't believe in the resurrection power. The same yes. stone <laughs> that otherwise is our foundation for resurrection is the same cornerstone, the same stone that will break those that don't yes. accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Yes. Now you can say, wow, that's your opinion. Well, we'll see when the day comes for you to pass on. Right. We'll see. And we'll see just how strong Wood, Hayden, Stubble... We'll see what your money buys you. We'll see what your philosophy buys you. We'll see what right. your science without mm-hmm. God buys you. We'll see what your secularism, your carnality buys you. Because when you see that in those terms, you start wearing masks when there's no reason to. When you see in those terms, you'll believe anything anybody tells you. They'll lie to you to your face mm-hmm. and you'll just bow a knee to bail. You won't even realizing realize that you're bowing that knee because you're in deep. You've <laughs> drunk the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Got too far. <laughs> so what we want to do is we want to teach people how to fish. Mm-hmm. We want to give them the tool set. We want to teach them the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. We want to show them. I think it's in them to do it. But we just want to, in the same way Jesus came, to give a literal example. Mm-hmm. As with the Sermon on the Mount and as with his life, word, living word, we just want to do that. But it's good for anything that ails you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know I'm uh, one of those, what are they, uh, potion salespeople, what they used to call them? your jacket. Yeah, I got the white <laughs> jacket and, you know, uh, what a snake oil salesman. Yeah, I'm not a go. snake oil salesman. I'm telling you the truth. Right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But when you come see us, if you should, ever need to, or when you listen to the podcast, don't come see us listen to the podcast. I'm hoping you're getting the same thing. Yes. You know, you're just not getting the personal attention that you're going to get come and talk to us, but it's the same message. Mm -hmm. We're going to say the same thing, same way in the counseling sessions as we do on the podcast. Because
1: we're living the same life. Yes. I'm not going to change my words or how I act or how I speak just because you're in the room (laughs) because I, the other day it came to me, like, we're just living disciples. We're just modern day disciples. I just felt like that the other day. I was like, you know, we're, I mean, we may not wear the same clothes or whatever, but we're just basically going through our day, pointing everybody towards Christ. And I was like, it's kind of like the disciples, like they just, they were with him, but he's, he's with us, just not in the same form. But we go along, and we still are in this world that you said we'll have loss. But we can point people to where they can find reconciliation. And we can be that part of that ministry of reconciliation. That's it.
0: So we are peacemakers. Yes. We do have a ministry of reconciliation. Yes. All of us. All of us, in the name of Jesus, have that ministry. Mm -hmm. And it's the greatest. It's the greatest work that we could do, the greatest avocation, the greatest profession it may you may be what is it they call it when bivocational you may mm-hmm. have to do something else in yeah. addition to that or doing something else may be the thing that gives you opportunity in a material sort of way to meet that need so you can tell them about jesus yes. or live a life of christ but we all have been given that you and i have the special privilege of being able to do that in a ministerial. Mm-hmm. A pastoral sort of relationship and not everybody wants everybody to know what they're struggling with and that's okay too. Right? That's the the idea of it's it's in your prayer closet. It's in the the, the privacy of that most intimate of moments, Mm -hmm. the Holy of Holies, but I would pray that come time for you to see someone, should you choose me, should they choose you, Carolyn, that we would be, as with the high priest, we would be sanctified sufficient by the same fire that we could go into the Holy of Holies with Them and show them where the mercy seat is, and show them how all of that comes together get this the two cherubim, Old Testament, New Testament, Mm -hmm. those things both bring about the sanctification,
1: grace, and truth. Yes, yeah, it has to be both. And that, and I was just thinking sometimes you need (laughs) sometimes when you said that you know you don't want to share everything with, with each person. How many people have said that they didn't feel like they could go to their pastor and talk about this problem? You can come to us and talk about your problem, and it will be confidential, but we will also hold your hand if that's necessary. We will be there with you through that process.
0: smack we're not, them around, too, if they didn't.
1: Maybe <laughs> a little. We're not going to shove you in the fire. We're going to walk in it through with you like the Hebrew children, and then we're going to come out. We're not going to smell like smoke, but we're going to be changed. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part of it. That's the I just I keep thinking about the the I called it my year, my, my year of crying, because I realized my brokenness and how skewed my concept was of God. And and you might you might think well, I was raised in church my whole life. I well, so was I. hmm And I thought I knew Pharisee among Pharisees. I thought I knew, yeah. I thought I didn't quite think I was Paul, but you know, I I thought I had it figured out. I realized I didn't have anything figured out (laughs) and that, you know, Christ was so much more than what I had him in a box, David, a little small, small, not a big box, small box and didn't even know it. And so when you come to us, believe me, there's no shame or condemnation because we have learned and grown and we're still learning. I don't want to quit learning about God. I I don't want to quit growing in my relationship with him. So we can help you and we can do it together.
0: If my voice holds out,
1: I hope so. I don't want to do all this talking. I get accused of talking too much anyway. Well,
0: you and I are the same. I'm not
1: sensitive about that. No, no, no,
0: me too. It doesn't fit me. (laughs) Carolyn, how should our listeners, viewers, uh, reach us should they want to for any reason?
1: Well, of course, you can follow us on Facebook under Covenants. You can give us a call, 304-528-9220. You can go online, covenantsonline.org. Or you can email us, which we love to hear from you guys. Or if you have something you'd like for us to talk about, send us an email, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com.
0: And, of course, then come back and join us for our next podcast. Yes, we try to do this weekly. We had a little bit of a disruption with a holiday on our normal recording day. Uh, something's coming up the next week, so it may be a couple weeks out before they get the newest... Wait, what is it? Post-download, what do they call it? Whenever you put that newest podcast... Upload? Or, download. I don't
1: know. <laughs> We've put, uploaded put, a new put video. it out there. I don't know. And... <laughs>
0: If they would want to watch us live, which is like an incredible experience, Mm -hmm. not, they can catch us on Facebook, because we're doing a live broadcast of this. Exactly. Just to prove, prove, Carolyn, there is no editing, there's no props, there's not a single sheet of paper in front of you. There's nothing... I usually
1: don't know what we're going to talk about.
0: (laughs) Nothing but the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yes. That leads us, guides us, well. Absolutely. That and him give me a little bit of a thought so we don't take so long to get launched. <laughs> but you're welcome to join us again on the next edition of What is Covenants? Specialized Pastoral Care, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. Until then, Carolyn, what do we tell everyone? Be blessed. <laughs> Be blessed. Uh, and God bless you. And we sincerely mean that.